0: i'm robbie mcdonald
1: and i'm jordan lane
0: we're two writers who've been friends for 15 years recently we both discovered we have the shared experience of figuring out we have adhd in midlife
1: holy shit i have adhd is a platform for adults discovering their neurodivergence as well as a way to spread awareness of adhd
0: this is a podcast about adhd hosted by two people with adhd
1: while each episode has a general theme our meandering trains of thought mean we often cover several other themes in the process
0: we are not experts, simply two people sharing their experiences of discovering their ADHD in midlife.
1: If you suspect you or someone you know may have ADHD, speaking to a medical professional should be part of your discovery journey.
0: I can remember how I had things set up before, and yeah, it's, it's not, it shouldn't be that hard, but for me, it's just like, whoop, just like I do it a bunch of times and it gets to be like a habit, and then I stop and I try something different and the habit just dissipates. Totally. Did you have that? So
1: that happen to you? Yeah. Uh totally. And that's and that's part of why um, you know, like like I'm I'm I still haven't finished yet, which is, you know, classic ADHD, but I'm I've got a process document for putting the podcast together. And, you mm-hmm. know, like a lot of times um with producing music, you know, you can rely on on templates as like kind of a starting point, things like that. So it's about yeah, finding those ways to help yourself keep on track or keep structured or or keep Mm. kind of engaged with the task that you're going to be doing and like little tools and strategies for how that can how i can how i can make that easier for my brain
0: yeah yeah because if I, i i yeah i don't remember that right but i'll remember i don't know some random weird thing that you know i'll never ever forget like um how to record on a, on a on a zoom thing, like in a really basic way, because I was so anxious about it to do this thing that I just like fixated on that for like three days before. Right? Yeah. So that's probably not something I'll ever forget. But it sure would be nice to like, actually know the rest of it that goes around that like I know just enough to do the basics, but I get super overwhelmed, especially with things that are technical. Um, if there isn't like what you're talking about is Kanban kind of like the term that people use for a process document or was that something you came up with? I wasn't sure.
1: No, it's definitely not something I came up with. It's, it's an established model in like the kind of business community. It's definitely something that like the development teams uh, at work used. Um, And yeah, Mm. and it's just basically to kind of keep track of all the different subtasks, who has ownership of them. And so you have this kind of shared place where people can drop in notes or where the task is or expected completion dates and all this stuff can be edited by project owners or whomever is kind of involved on the fly hmm. and so you can really have this very granular um actionable but also what's the word i'm looking for like blame assignable responsibility <laughs> <laughs> like there's it, it's it's clear where the buck stops is what i'm trying to get across like it's okay like you know here's here's the steps that need to be taken here's the people that need to take the steps and here's when those Mm. steps need to be taken by like and and kind of um yeah it's good for project management and stuff like that so but definitely not something I invented I'd be a much richer man (laughs)
0: um yeah it's I like the idea of like this this is the person who's gonna have to walk the plank if this isn't done by like a certain time right um man I wish I had that at my old job I mean, we had spreadsheets and stuff, but yeah, like the project management side of it when you're working in a place where actually everybody's constantly trying to like push their work out of their desk and onto other people's desks because right. they're already overwhelmed. So that was like one of the biggest challenges I faced. and And I remember even people saying to me at the beginning, like everyone's gonna try to get you to do their shit. You got to say no, right? Yeah. But but at the same time, the work culture was supposed to be can do attitude, I got this, don't worry. But then it was like, but that's, oh, shit, I'm not supposed to be doing that. But if I say no, oh, fuck. Yeah, Yeah. it was kind of like a kind of a a catch 22 sort of scenario, because it didn't, I was kind of fucked if I did and fucked if I didn't, like it was that kind of environment. Um, But you know, like I've said before, it's kind of, a little bit more behind me, but I saw a former colleague just yesterday, ran into mm. her on the street. She lives in the neighborhood and we used to hang out quite a bit. I really yeah. enjoyed her. Um, and it, it was just, it was just so nice to see her like, and to see her doing well. Um, and yeah, it was, it was just kind of nice to see, it was kind of a little bit of a, it helped me to sort of gauge like how far I've come over the last year. Cause sometimes I forget. Like like that sort of bitterness and the um, anger that I felt is, is has definitely dissipated, um, but I also realized like oh I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm doing this podcast with you and she you know she's been aware of that like through uh, Instagram and stuff and it's just like oh man I miss you you know so we, we are gonna make an attempt to get together and have a proper walk and talk when when the time permits you know nice um, but it it feels like I don't know BC is kind of opening again um, I'm not ready. Um, I was down at the beach on the weekend and there was some kind of drum circle thing happening and I was just like I'm staying miles away from that (laughs) and really like drum circles are still a thing I guess but you know all power to the drum circles no offense to drum circle people but man (laughs) like anyway yeah how about you how are you feeling is it stampede right now
1: it is stampede right now um and I am not Uh... yeah I'm I'm staying away um I I haven't Historically gone in a long time. Anyway, I don't think I've been since probably two thousand nine, ten, something like that. Um, mm. But yeah, uh, you know, I I think that it's going ahead way too soon, especially with the Delta variant being like a lot shorter exposure time potentially from some of the stuff that I've been reading. Like, mm. um, it's it's not as it's not um as kind of like you don't need the closed container room aspect and the longer duration to kind of hit viral load for infection um there's stories of people getting infected off of like pretty brief outdoor contacts and stuff like that um so yeah i'm just kind of i'm kind of waiting to frankly just see how the post stampede (laughs) environment plays out and and mm. see where things are at and kind of like that's when i'll gauge my like re-entrance to society so <laughs> but i'm <laughs> I'm fully vaccinated as of friday so uh yeah that'll be two weeks after i got my jab so
0: woohoo! yeah i'm getting mm-hmm. my um my gen x second jab which is like the astra pfizer blend so i'm getting mine uh wednesday the arnold palmer. I actually kind of <laughs> the arnold palmer is that what they're calling it
1: well i've I've definitely heard that uh yeah um based off of the drink obviously
0: oh okay well wasn't he a golf guy
1: yeah so so an arnold palmer's uh half iced tea half lemonade um and so yeah but by analogy you get one shot of pfizer one shot of moderna or whatever you got the arnold palmer (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh okay so that's funny because I, like yeah like i i was like all stressy got to get the first thing available right so i got the astrazeneca and then people were like oh maybe blood clots and i was like oh fuck I had like a little bit of anxiety around that and i just stayed totally. away from twitter and then and then you know they i had the opportunity to choose for the second shot so i just did um to get the rna or whatever it's called um but yeah that's been it's been interesting to kind of like process that through Twitter, although I'm I'm on a Twitter summer break right now, which is actually really nice. I'm just giving my brain a rest because I, I understand like how uniquely addictive Twitter is for mm-hmm. me and how uniquely, um, kind of eroding it is for me. Like I just get really upset really easily and really reactive, and I lose sight of um, why I signed up. Again, to begin with, because I quit in 2016 right. because of politics, gong show, and then um, came back to learn more about ADHD and then discovered that there's like <clears throat> warring factions on Twitter about different things. And then and then realized that there's always something horrific happening and it doesn't matter how many mute things I have on there. It just finds its way in. Right. And sometimes people post those, like you were saying, like people find a way to put videos in your feed that are like really upsetting. And like, I don't want to see somebody getting beat up. That's horrible. Yeah, totally. Like, like, um, anyway, yeah. So we'll see, um, how I can kind of manage it in August. But right now I've liberated myself from the tyranny of the bird app.
1: Yeah, that's excellent. (laughs) How are, how are, how are you doing then?
0: Um, I'm, I'm actually doing better than I was. I think the heat really, really slayed me. I wasn't okay for Mm. a while. I was worried that I was starting to get depressed. I was starting to feel that kind of familiar feeling of darkness, Um, and then when the heat wave kind of lifted, like, so the, what I started to take some steps. So, you know, getting off the bird app, getting off LinkedIn and stuff was helpful, blocked all the news, haven't looked at anything news related in in about a week. And I already feel that difference in my mind. so in the morning now I'm I'm actually stretching and doing yoga every day, working with light weights, moving my body, going for walks, meditating, and it's already I can feel that lift kind of happening. Um, it doesn't mean that I don't still kind of feel that little nugget of something underneath, but um, I you know I'm fortunate to have therapy once a month um, right now, so that helps. Um, but yeah, it was it was kind of dark there for a while and. I had to really just sort of withdraw and process. Um, and and my partner too, like he, one of the things that is, I think, really wonderful about our relationship is kind of like, as Rilko says, we guard each other's solitude. So we're both people that like to be alone a lot and we take time to recover. We're both introverted. I'm I'm a little more extroverted, but we need that time to recover after social interactions, right? And so we've just spent like, a year and four months, like on top of each other in a 700 square foot apartment. And yeah. we haven't had that opportunity to, I mean, we have in the, the sense we can each school for a walk or whatever, but not any extended periods of time. And we both realized like, that's something we've had over the last five years. Like he'll go away, I'll go away. And you know, it's usually only for three, four days, but it's like just that time. Right. So um, we finally realized that like, we were really getting on each other's nerves. And one of the reasons was because we hadn't had that so um, he went on a, on a solitary retreat this weekend, uh, Sea to Sky retreat um, outside of Squamish. And I'm so grateful that we could do, that. he could do that, that it's safe enough for him to do that now, that he had the means to get up there. And that gave me some time to be alone too. Um, I haven't done half of what I said I would do this weekend. A lot of it was just staring out the window and sitting on the balcony and yeah. walking, walking around the neighborhood. But I that's, do that's feel better. That's
1: important though, so...
0: Yeah, I realize that too. Like, I'm just somebody who needs to stare out the window a lot. And if I don't get it, I don't function well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm loving your styling shirt, by the way. Is Thank that a you. shirt or is that like a...
1: It is a cool. shirt. It's a, it's a batik uh, short sleeve. So um, it's Ooh. got a kind of different different design on the one panel than on the other side. So it's a kind of cool asymmetrical thing.
0: Nice. Yeah. Very styly.
1: Yeah, I got a boutique uh boutique print kit from a friend of mine a while ago. She was getting rid of it, so I was like, yeah, I I'll, I'll, I'll put my hand up for it. So I got a I'm going to give a take take a run at actually printing some stuff sometime, but um haven't, you know, it's it's one of those future ADHD projects that I'll get into <laughs> for 3 months really hard.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> And you make a bunch of things and then you'll have all these like wonderful ideas and then it could be a business. <laughs> everyone, oh,
1: everyone will get batik print something for Christmas that year.
0: <laughs> That's really cool though. Um, I'm really, I really love the idea of like unique printed fabrics and stuff and things that you wouldn't find anywhere else. And that something that comes from you would be amazing.
1: Yeah, right? no. And it's, uh, you know, I, I do want to, get back into sewing and stuff like that at some point. But again, that's something where it's just been kind of time prohibitive. I've got other stuff I need to focus on right now. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool. Um, so what you're, you're still doing that you're teaching improv, right? Yeah. Uh, so
1: I just, I I just did a little bit of that. Um, I've got another thing coming up in September. Um, I'm going to be teaching a group of seniors, which is actually going to be really fun. I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then, yeah. And then just largely though, just kind of focusing on, on my, um, image consulting business. And then I got to, uh, get back into listing stuff again. So, yep. Mm
0: hmm. Yeah. Um. So I, you know what, I totally was like, okay, we're going to go into the 10k thing, but then we just started talking. And that's what I really appreciate about our conversation starting is just like, we just like, let's check in and then checking in becomes like a thing.
1: Yeah, it's it's I like whatever. That. I mean, you know, I I'm just I'm just happy to chat. And also, mm. yeah, I wasn't clear whether we were just going to kind of pop in and do a five minute thing or whether mm. we wanted to actually sit down and chat for a half hour or something like that. So
0: yeah, yeah. I wasn't clear either. That's why right. <laughs> I was like, we could just maybe do 10 minutes. And then we started talking and I realized I kind of missed your face. Like we haven't kind of checked in. For yeah. A while, so. Well, a bunch but of this you know.
1: stuff, obviously, we can't use. Um, so I would I would actually say kind of the bulk of it. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, you'd
0: rather you don't want to. Okay. Yeah. That,
1: that that kind of those identifying details are always things that I pick up on because like mm. it's crazy how much information there is about people out there. Like you can you can figure out who someone is pretty quick. And then like, you know, you're on their Instagram and it's like, oh, like, yeah, here's a picture of my front yard. And it's like, oh, I know what street that is like that's off the street down in Ramsey or whatever. And it's like it's Whoa. really, really, really easy to Get a lot of information about people really fast without without even really having to try that hard so it's yeah oh
0: my goodness yeah <laughs> you're so smart jordan because i realized that too like i'm so open
1: i don't think that that's the wrong move i just think that that's the difference between a conversation mm-hmm. and something that we're effectively broadcasting right
0: you're right you're right and and looking at the numbers too like holy smokes like we're <laughs> getting up there now right like i just saw i just looked at it like right when i logged on and i was like oh my Gosh, like ten thousand four hundred and something. I know it's crazy. Like where, like hi everybody. You know, like, I I'm just so kind of blown away by that. That, that number just um, for some reason just makes me realize like that there are so many people out there uh, with shared experience.
1: Yeah, right? it's it's truly wild, and it's also wild how fast it doubled. Like we were just celebrating five thousand uh, end of May, was it?
0: I think so. Yeah, end of May, yeah. early June.
1: And it's mid, uh, mid-July.
0: Yeah, that, that, that is incredible with very little promotion. I mean, I'm so lackadaisical these days about social media because I've got all these mixed feelings about it. So it's not, like we're, it's not like we're promoting the hell out of it anywhere. You know, it's just um, people are just finding us, right? Um, and that email that we got, she found us because somebody shared Ryan Walter Wagner's project on their Facebook, and Mm -hmm. then she found out that she's connected to a whole bunch of folks that he's connected to, Um, and, you know, she's been on this discovery journey for the last seven months, Mm -hmm. and I was just like, whoa, it's so cool, you know? Um, Yeah,
1: it's it's really great to be hearing from people, and I thought it was cool, too, that she... Uh, specifically mentioned John's episode as as one that she really enjoyed. Um, again, that was I think an episode. I think our last two, um, both with a guest uh, back with us, have been really really fun and kind of mm-hmm. different, and I think valuable from both um, both the perspective of of learning a little bit about kind of different career paths and how people with adhd have functioned within them um mm. but also getting that 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 extra story that that so someone else's view and someone else's um uh you know experiences it's like it's like getting another refraction in your kaleidoscope and and the more mm. flows you get the more beautiful it becomes so
0: i love that i feel like i want to frame that on my wall <laughs> another refraction in your kaleidoscope and the more you get the more beautiful it becomes yeah that's like super quote worthy let's make a meme
1: yeah I actually got chills <laughs> as it was coming out of my mouth a little bit which is kind of cheesy but maybe I just took <laughs> take that big drink of water
0: <laughs> um yeah I love but that's it, it, so true right when you start to think about other people's experiences and you and you create that space for it um, and, you know, have those kind of invitational, intentional conversations. And what I really enjoy, too, is that they're not scripted and then they can go anywhere um, and that we explore things. And and even every time I talk to you, Jordan, I learn something new. You know, and totally. and that's, you know, what's so beautiful to me about conversation and it's, it's interesting, because I didn't really listen to a lot of podcasts before. I mean, I listen to things like on being which are not quite scripted, but, um, you know, they're heavily produced and very artful kind of things. Um, But, you know, I I never listened to like the two hour Lex Friedman AI things or whatever my partners under that stuff. But like, um, it's really kind of opened my eyes to how important it is to be in dialogue with somebody instead of just constantly broadcasting ideas through social media. You know, these little soundbite updating things that are all aligned to your personal brand, or you know, whatever political <clears throat> stance you you're taking, but to actually be in conversation and then to be willing to be moved or changed by it. Like, that's what I think the power of this is for me is that <clears throat> you know, even today, like when we were talking earlier, we started talking about some ideas that probably weren't a good idea to share publicly. But it, <laughs> it's it's amazing that we can do that and then realize like, oh, wait, like it's so good that you can kind of rein me in sometimes because I'll go galloping off on an idea and then realize, oh, I'm sharing information that isn't mine to share. And that's something I need to be really aware of as well. well that's,
1: that's something that I'm sensitive about to the point of people getting maybe rightfully I don't know but getting kind of mad at me about it because I've gotten (laughs) I've gotten in 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 kind of you know arguments before about you know like whether it's okay to share pictures of your kids and like what kind of stuff you share of them on social media you know like Mm -hmm. like because so many people do share these things that are you know they're for for people who are our age it would be it would be a photo that you saw once or twice a year when you went back home to see your family and you'd be mm. going through and like oh hey remember mm. this like remember this deeply traumatic humiliating thing <laughs> from your childhood that was also like objectively <laughs> funny to everyone else that wasn't you like let's yeah. relive that for for like 10 minutes or something and right. so that's that on its own sucks i'm not a fan and to have, again, it's a difference between a conversation and broadcasting. Like, I know how at this point mm-hmm. in my life to kind of emotionally protect myself or or deal with the stuff that comes up in a situation like that. Um, but, you know, like, that that's very different when it's when it's one-on-one or a small group versus mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, I'm just going to, like, mm-hmm. put this thing out there and suddenly, you know, like... Like, like, Think think of when you did have Facebook, think of the people that you have on there. It's, it's like mm-hmm. a wide array of like cousins that you haven't seen since you were, you know, for, for 20 years and you like mm-hmm. like, but you don't really know that well these days. And then like yeah. a bunch of people you worked with, some people mm-hmm. that you were super close with from high school. Some people that, like, lived across the street from you when you were six, like, that, you yeah. you know, like, you you loved the Ninja Turtles and that guy was your best friend. And, like, you know, so you click, like, on pictures of his kids uh, when he posts a picture every three months or whatever. But, like, mm. it's such a weird, wide array of people from different areas and, and times in your life. And then to kind of, like, put this picture of your kid out there and be like, oh, yeah, like, my kid was really... Struggling and it's just like mm. I don't know. It's it's Yeah, I, I just think that I think that there's a certain amount of naivete about how much control you have Once an image hits the internet even if you're yeah. even if your account <clears throat> is totally private and locked down like if somebody mm-hmm. finds that image funny they're gonna down. They're they're gonna right click it and hit save as. And if the website yeah. has disabled that, then they're gonna screen cap it. There's there's always something you can do to make this thing that you think that you've locked down privately not private anymore. And you gotta, when, when you're thinking mm. about this stuff, like go in with the idea that this shit is gonna be up there forever, and your name or whoever's name is gonna be attached to it. Like, yeah. because odds mm. are.
0: <laughs> That's so true, Jordan, and I remember in the early heady days of Facebook, some of the things that I put out there, I'm absolutely mortified by now, um, without thinking about what the consequences are, were of them, because there were people, you know, um, senior to me at work or whatever, that were seeing things that they probably shouldn't be seeing, right, um, and, you know, intimate photos, things like that, and I remember somebody took a picture of me at a party once, which was probably the most unflattering photo of me that has ever been taken and then tagged it tagged me in it to their you know they had like a huge facebook like five thousand people or something and i was like ah and i think at that time you couldn't quite remove things i don't think facebook had had done that yet and i was absolutely just like ashamed because it was just i just it didn't even look like me right (laughs) um and i had a lot to drink and so it was just really mortifying um and they didn't have any compunction about that. Cause for, to them, that was just reach. They just wanted more people right. to see what this photo of them, you know, being a rock star or whatever. And ew. now that I think about that, like there is that, like a lot of people, I think aren't that sensitive to how other people might perceive what they're doing. Right. It's just like, this is just, this is my brand. This is my, my thing. And I'm going to do it how I want to do it. Um, Privacy be damned, this person was out of parties, they should have known. There's a lot of photographers there, right? Like so there's um yeah, there's that too. And uh even Flickr back in the day, which I, I still miss. Sometimes I bring it up every now and then, but like it there was something about that website that felt more community to me. But there were definitely photos that I shared on there that I'm now like, <laughs> yikes, you know. <laughs> um but I deleted I deleted my account like, I don't know, ten years ago or something. But um yeah you're so right that there is a huge difference between a conversation a private conversation and a broadcast and that line has been blurred with social media and people feel like everything now is fodder fodder for likes fodder for the dopamine hit that you get when somebody shares your stuff or comments on it um and it's funny because i'm reading a book by johnny odell right now um called how to do nothing resisting the attention economy um, and, and maybe I'll send it to you when I'm done if you want to read it, Jordan, because mm. I think you'd really get a lot from it. Um, she's an artist in the Bay Area. Um, and she just goes into all these different ways that, like, what happens with social media, like how it fractures us, how it, like, um, prevents us from connecting to the natural world. She calls herself a bird noticer, which I love, instead of a bird watcher. What's, what's her name? Jenny um, Jenny O'Dell.
1: Yeah. Okay. I think there's. Am I thinking of the right person? Does she do these kind of? Um, hmm. How would I describe it? I guess like a like a social a socio geography of like throwaway cheap mass manufactured objects.
0: Yes, she does. She has yeah, done a lot okay. of things I, like I, that. I
1: love those pieces. Yeah, those are really cool. Um, but I didn't know she had a book.
0: Yeah, it came out. I think in 2019. And I promptly snapped it up. I actually heard a conversation with her on uh, Tapestry on CBC, and I was just completely drawn into her ideas. Uh, so I bought the book in 2019, proceeded to go work at a job where I didn't have any spare time, forgot about it, and it's been at Osvaldo's studio because he was reading it. And I just picked it up again this weekend. And it's just really, really helping me because some of it is quite um, academic and maybe a little bit rigorous and dense in it, the way that it's written. But it's really good that she... Um, as somebody who kind of grew up in Silicon Valley, dad was an engineer. She lived not far from the Apple complex, right? And just like how everything is just so manufactured and curated and even public spaces are just these, they're not really public spaces anymore.
1: Company towns.
0: It is company town, right? Um, and and how um, how our attention... We, know, we haven't even, like, I'm noticing it more now, and I'm sure other people are too, but, like, how our attention has just been completely hijacked over the last 15 years, and we've willingly given away given it away. Like, we've just given it away without even thinking about <clears throat> what mm-hmm. that means when we sign up for this, you know, platform that's supposed to be bringing us closer to other people, but instead tears us apart politically and makes us, like, think the worst of others. and um, And then we're you know, sitting next to people on a couch at home on our phones instead of being with the person on the couch, right? Like being with our partner, being with our friends and, um, yeah. Or
1: even being with ourselves.
0: Just being with ourselves, just being alone, just staring at the wall. Let yourself be bored. It's okay. Right? Like, um, and I think for the ADHD mind too, those things are uniquely addictive because they're just like novelty after novelty after novelty, right? Right. Dopamine hit. Oh, somebody liked my thing. Oh, this person from, you know, I think is really cool, just added me on Instagram, and I'm a big fan. And wow, that must mean I'm saying something important. I better, <laughs> better, better stick around and say more things. So they think they think I'm valuable, and they don't mute me. But Christ, what is that? <laughs> yeah, anyway, it's,
1: it's a lot to worry about. And I, I really respect how Disciplined, you're being about this stuff, because um, yeah, that's mm-hmm. it's definitely something that uh, I I could use more boundaries around that kind of stuff in my life. I definitely spend way too much time on on Twitter, um, and I think probably to the detriment of of my overall mental health, but also, mm. um, I just find that like I'm I'm having really intense anxiety lately in the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. um, and it's just it's been really difficult for me to um, output kind of sustained focus on much of anything. Um, mm-hmm. And especially on on things where I have to kind of task plan a little bit and break things down and like executive function more because that I'm just having a, a bit of a struggle with that part of my brain right now. So,
0: yeah, I think that giving yourself a rest from Twitter would probably be incredibly healthy for you. Um, especially given that you know, you're in a city that's like opening up quicker than what feels it should be, so you're probably mm-hmm. seeing a lot of that. And then, of course, just you know, the environmental devastation that we're all being faced with—forest fires, um, riots over football. God, <laughs> that that one I actually somehow that kind of snuck into my Instagram through uh, Jamil Jamal's account, and I was like, "What the living fuck is happening?" Like. You know, and I saw something that really kind of stuck out for me. Is was like, you know, men are always talking about how women are so emotional, but, they, you know, they lose a football game and they lose their marbles all over everybody, right? And it's just like, oh, come on. So, yeah, I think if you can give yourself a little bit of that time, maybe that um, would would be really helpful for you to be able to focus on the things you need to focus on, right?
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's what I got to try. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. Right. Easier said than done, right? Like, and it's, you know, it's, uh, I, you know, I've only been back on Twitter since like Christmas. (laughs) It's taken me six months to go. (laughs) Like, but at the same time, like what Jenny O'Dell says is sometimes like, it's not just a matter of like, of quitting the platforms entirely. Sometimes it's a matter of you telling the platform how you're going to use it. And you mm. taking your attention back and saying, this is the time of day that you get to have my attention and the rest of the time fuck right. off. Right. Um, and that's why the Freedom App has been so good for me because it's just like, I go, I drift over to the tab and then I'm like, oh shit, I can't go there. And then I actually go back to what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, right. But like, And then that way that the voice that you are developing on Twitter and the following that you're developing on Twitter um, can then be a place where you're deciding what you put out there and you know, you're, you know, you're funny on there. You say a lot of really um, hilarious and thoughtful things. So people, people are hungry for that and they do want that kind of genuine information and connection. So you don't necessarily like what she was saying is you don't necessarily want to just kind of take that away. Um, but, uh, you decide how it works. You decide when you're going to interact.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just be more deliberate about it. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I and I, yeah, I realized that like from the beginning, Twitter was like one of the worst ones for me. Um, but it also can just be this treasure trove of things that I hadn't even considered, right?
1: Yeah, like it's it's very addicting for both positive <clears throat> and negative loops. I feel like.
0: Yeah, and meanwhile, <clears throat> whatever his name is, Jack Dorsey. <clears throat> what is he? Is he is he in space now, or what? What is in New Zealand? <laughs> he's bought an Island or I, some shit?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I know he's got a big, gross beard.
0: Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, she actually talks about him and like how he tried to like create this like curated community in New Zealand. And they were like, "Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> like the, the, the country was actually mm, something feels off about this. <laughs> and <they said> no. <laughs> yeah, because it's this kind of like almost Orwellian way of being in the world, right? Like, where they just want to have everything. All of your your uh, thoughts um fused with what they decide is good for you no thank you anyway (laughs) um yeah I hope you can do that though for your for your summer health too like spend more time yeah
1: and and just you all that that's that's been a big part of it is kind of what you talked about about how you were starting your day with yoga and stuff is is I've been I have been deliberate about starting my days with um yeah with lifting and or running uh and definitely like a a stretch and and rolling like foam roller all that kind of stuff um and just kind of Mm -hmm. finding ways to kind of both center myself in my body a little bit before i kind of get into the day but also get that physical energy out because it is a lot easier to kind of exercise sustained focus when i've expended uh a, a decent amount of output and i can kind of like you know, I'm not as fidgety or my legs aren't joggling under the table or whatever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Joggling under the table. (laughs) Yeah, totally.
1: Like the table's shaking, (laughs) the webcam's just going a little bit.
0: I didn't realize we were going to chat for an hour, Jordan.
1: Uh, I suspected it might happen. I'm okay with it.
0: I just always really appreciate these talks with you. And so I'm just going to drop a hint to you that may be a good time for you to contemplate coming for a visit, maybe. I don't know. Mm, mm. just throwing it out there um
1: yeah let's book our let's book our live recording at the rickshaw
0: the rickshaw <laughs> have you ever been in the bathrooms? Oh no, I'm not thinking of the rickshaw. I'm thinking of another one that has just like the worst bathrooms um <laughs> uh, it's not the canby, although the can is pretty bad too um but there's um I think there might be places that you record that might be a little more hygienic <laughs>
1: You don't like the rickshaw, Robbie? Um, it's the punkest one. I know.
0: Rick, the rickshaw is pretty punk rock. Um, no question. It's just that um, I'm just at this age in my life where I'd like to use a restroom that doesn't make me feel like I gotta get hepatitis. It's not like
1: the night gallery. Is, yeah, the night
0: gallery. The, the night gallery. One of the things I liked about the night gallery was that the washrooms were like separated. Didn't they all have? Right. Didn't they all have their own little? Like they were like their well, own world. Were n't they? Something yeah, like uh,
1: they, they 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 were. Um, the women's I think was probably better than the men's because the thing that I remember about the night gallery washrooms is that the stalls didn't have doors, so like you know, <laughs> like you're kind of on your own, I guess, which is oh, interesting. Oh, I never went into um, the men's washroom. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that was, that the you had to walk by the men's to load in, so, you know, I saw a fair bit of the men's
0: washing
1: uh, <laughs> playing there over
0: the years. So. I just remember how hot it would get up there sometimes, and they had these, like, huge fans at one point to just try and, like, move this soupy, sweaty air around. <laughs> uh, yeah, those stairs up there and stuff. I fell down those stairs more than once uh, back in the day. Isn't it, that gallery? Kind of, like,
1: That's a long flight of stairs to fall
0: it, down? Yeah, I'm. I am amazed... That I'm still functioning. Sometimes when I reflect back on how many times I fell when I was drinking, it was like I fell down sober. So you can imagine, like I was, a, right. I was a really yeah, kind same. of a stumbly drunk. So um, yeah, the night gallery. Ah, uh, there was another place in the basement. It was an old friend of mine I used to work with. Aristotle he was a bartender there. He's a lawyer now, but. I remember once I hadn't eaten all day and then I went on some kind of shooter bender with some friends and then promptly like fainted on like into the pool table or something and like cracked
1: Oh my God. Cracked my
0: head open, had to go to ER. <laughs> he was just like, oh. Robbie, settle down on the Jager. Like you don't. Yeah. That was like just before I went back to journalism school. And that was a wake up call for me that the doctor at the hospital was a complete asshole to me. And uh, <laughs> it's probably cause I reeked a booze and he knew I kind of, not brought it on myself but was not behaving responsibly and I remember like leaving the hospital feeling like that asshole he was mean to me you know a head full of stitches and stuff and just like but at the same time like yeah he could have been nicer that's for sure. could have been more compassionate. No, I think that,
1: that, yeah, exactly. You, you got to have that compassion um, because, again, it's, it's like we talked about giving the benefit of the doubt. Okay, so you do show up to the ER reeking of booze with, you know, a head wound <laughs> that needs patching. And it's like, you know what? Like, yes, your actions put you in a higher risk situation, but what the doctor's responsibility needs to be is to worry about what is bringing those actions on. What is going on that is like that that that, that is at the root of like why did you have all those Jagger shots? Like what's what's causing that? Not not not. Yeah, it's it, it's a there. There's a, a chain of events, but there's always something where it starts, right? Yeah, and like. If you want those behaviors to change, you have to understand what drives them. Because, I, again, I think that a lot of people, myself included, for a long time, you know, recognize that their behaviors aren't serving them or recognize mm-hmm. that they have unhealthy relationships with alcohol or drugs or whatever. But it's just it's harder to put that stuff down, even if you want to. It can be very, very difficult to. So. Yeah.
0: And that's what Gabramate mate says. Don't ask why the addiction. Ask why, where, why the trauma, like why the pain, yeah. like why why is this person in pain? Why do they feel they have to uh, to um, um, obliterate that pain, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, I've done a lot of work around that stuff, so I have more awareness to it now. And sometimes I do like to share it, kind of as a funny anecdote, right? But at the time, I was really not. I wasn't doing so well um and restaurants too like we know this like working in the restaurant business is just part of the culture you work a hard shift you make a bunch of money and you go blow it at the bar in two hours having totally. you know shots and tipping your friends like 80 percent on the dollar or whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, sometimes i think about how much money i used to tip Woo! Um, but that was kind of the thing too i remember that the ship and anchor That place is still going hard i see it every once in a while on on social medias People are still going. To yeah, the ship.
1: like I, I will definitely get back there at some point. Um, you know when things are safe to do so, less in Jay- Jason Kenny's eyes and more in mine. So yeah. you know I'll get out there at some point when I kind of feel like it's safe to do so again, and we'll see when that yeah. is. Yeah. So.
0: And and back to like the original thought that yes, like think think about uh, coming for a busy. because I, I hear the flights are pretty cheap right, still, yes. right? So. Um,
1: I would probably drive that just because that's, I love doing that drive. I don't know oh. how I would do that during a pandemic, whether that's a bit of a risky thing, mm. but, you know, I kind of have to use my judgment there.
0: Um, I remember our drive when we went to see Bjork, we like, yeah, you
1: know, like
0: hardcore, just like trove and trove and trove and trove. I don't know how you did it. Yeah, that. Well,
1: like I like doing that as a straight shot and I actually did uh I did Seattle to Calgary as a straight shot once Ugh. um coming up through BC and that was that was tough. That was I really was feeling like it was unwise by the end of it cuz that was probably 15 and a half 16 hours uh, and that was just that was just too much driving. But, yeah. you know, 10 to 12, I I'm happy to do those. Um Vancouver Vancouver's usually 10 and a half, 11, so Right.
0: Okay well keep it in mind October
1: yeah for sure um,
0: and on that note I need a bio break and just close out by saying like how much I personally really appreciate every single one of you that listens to this podcast and like how much it means to me that you spend your time with us and that these conversations um, are ones that you feel that you're part of I think that that is enormous um, and I just I just feel so grateful and Um, also sometimes a little nervous and anxious that you're hearing some of this stuff because a lot of it is pretty intimate, but, um, I'm just glad that you can, uh, share your time with us and really, really appreciate every single one of you. So thank you for listening.
1: Yeah, thank you so much to everyone who's checked the show out, uh, especially those of you who have um, reached out to us and those of you who have told your friends or your family that, hey, this is maybe relevant to your life and your interests and your brain. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, we're really, really grateful for that. It's really cool to see the numbers go up every week without really us doing much of anything to promote it. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, uh, I think that 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 just speaks to the relatability of the content um and yeah so we're gonna keep on being ourselves and keep finding other people to uh help us refract our lens with so speaking
0: of um we would you know if if you are somebody who would like to come on the podcast um especially somebody who has a perspective we haven't heard from yet um we would love uh, if you could just uh, shoot us an email holy shit at gmail holy shit at gmail holy shit i have adhd (laughs) Holy shit, somebody probably snapped that one up holy shit (laughs) i have adhd at gmail.com uh and um maybe just let us know a little bit about yourself uh, because we really are hoping to uh to share some different perspectives uh and i'm just going to come right out and say this is that like dudes tend to be a little more forthcoming with this and they tend to be the ones reaching out uh so we particularly would like to hear um from more women, um, anyone identifying as a woman um, out there who uh, was diagnosed with ADHD midlife. We'd love to hear your story.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I think that that men are gonna be overrepresented not only because men are overrepresented in self-volunteering kind of things like this in the first place, mm. but also because, you know, ADHD is primarily something that, that affects men. I think it'd be cool to hear from definitely other people's experiences. Thank you so much for, for 10,000 gosh darn plays.
0: Yes, thank you so much, and we'll uh, hear you soon.
1: If you enjoyed Holy Shit, I Have ADHD, subscribing to and reviewing it on your podcast platform of choice helps more neurodivergent folks find us, as does following and promoting the show on social media.
0: A full list of platforms is on our Anchor page at anchor.fm forward slash holy shit, I have ADHD. While you're there, why not leave us a voicemail? You can also share your thoughts on this episode or your own ADHD experiences with us at guessed it holy shit i have adhd at gmail.com or via our social media pages in the episode notes bye for now and hyper focus on the positive